What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Dissect That Film, where we dissect your favorite films, film franchises, and TV. Today, on episode 75, we are talking about the our third film in our Spooktober celebration, conversation, whatever you want to call it. It's my turn. And today, we are talking about the 1999 Tim Burton Sleepy Hollow. I don't think that's what he considers it, but that's what I'm calling it. Oh, I am your host, Brett Parker. Joining me is the wonderful Dan and Angela of DNA Gaming. Hello. Oh, because I'm enthusiastic. Getting through that intro with Dan doing everything that was happening was really hard. <laughs> I'm dripping with the enthusiasm. Without if breaking. You before. If you were around before all of this, <laughs> I'm dripping with enthusiasm. It didn't seem it, but I promise. Only because I, I had to give him, I had to send him some energy. Yeah, and you hit record, and you were talking about being a little bit tired, but being yeah. excited. So yeah. I'm assuming that's like waking up early in the morning after you haven't had a lot of sleep, but you got a hell of a boner. Okay, sure, <laughs> sure. We'll we'll go with that. <laughs> oh my gosh! So yes, we are three weeks into Spooktober. We've uh, already talked about Dan and Angela's picks. We started off with Angela. We talked about Killer Clowns from Outer Space. And then yeah. we, we, we jumped over to Dan's pick, which was Phantoms, which is a, a phantom of an episode because not a lot of people have listened to it. Uh, <laughs> That's about right. It matches the movie. I mean, the fuck? We hadn't even heard of it. Dan's, so, Dan's, pick, Dan's picks the last two years have been probably some of our lowest episodes of the show. You know what? Who cares? Because I love the fact that Dan brings these movies that like, I mean, Day of the Dead. Come on, people. Day of the Dead's great. And so is Phantoms. So you should listen to the, both those episodes. And if you want to listen to all of our prior Spooktober episodes, all of the episodes we did last year, we had five last year because we did four because we had one other uh, person on the show who we added to and then we had a special episode we did in, on Halloween. So we had five yep. episodes last year. We're going to have four this year and uh, I'm very excited. But today is my pick and my pick is a movie I've been wanting to talk about since we started the show before Dan and Angela were even permanent hosts on this show because it's yeah. one of my favorite movies. Not one of my favorite movies, but also one of my favorite. I mean, it's it's a perfect movie for this time of year. And that is Sleepy Hollow from 1999, starring Johnny Depp, Christina Ricci. The cast of this movie is bonkers. Miranda Richardson, Michael Gambon, Dumbledore. For all the Harry Potter fans out there. Casper oh, Van Dien. Yeah, oh, we're getting there. We're getting there, Angela. <laughs> There's a list here, all right? We got Casper Van Dien, which, uh, Angela, I don't know if you knew this. But Casper Van Dien is the father of <laughs> the actress who plays Chrissy in Stranger Things. Really? Yes. I know I didn't she is, know that. She is a Van Dien. Yes, I looked that up, too, because I saw her last name was Van Dien. And I was like, hmm, I wonder if she's related to Casper. And Maybe. she is. Oh, and, fun, and funny fact is that uh, I don't think this has anything to do with anything but the fact that, like, Christina Ritchie is in this movie and she stars along a guy named Casper and she was in the movie Casper. That's just my little thing I wanted to add to that. <laughs> Somebody's like, we're doing this shit and yeah. squeeze it into the script. Had to have. But that's not, but that's not it. We're, we're not going to talk about the Reverend because he's a sick motherfucker who doesn't need to be talked about. 
but you know who he is. Nah, We've talked about yeah. him on Beetle when we talked about Beetlejuice. That's last true. Year. Richard yes. Griffiths, another Harry Potter alum who played Uncle Vernon. Yep. Mm, yeah. Played the magistrate Phillips. The Emperor himself, Ian McDermott, is in this movie. And to be honest, this was the first first time I ever watched this movie and went, shit, that's Ian McDermott. I yeah. did not know in all of the hundreds of times I've seen this movie throughout my life, did not know that was the Emperor. I'm not yeah. even kidding. I was like, yeah, same. I saw him in the credits. And I was like, wait a second. And then I saw, I was like, wait a second. And I now, every time we talk about any scene with him, we have to talk like this. And I was, I was just <laughs> at all the memes in my head. I saw, I was like, wait a minute. Isn't that Listen, Palpatine? That's not the <laughs> only Star Wars uh, alum in this movie. Well, we got Michael Go, Alfred, yeah. from yeah. the from Batman '89, Batman Returns, Batman Forever, and Sorry. that fourth one that we don't need to talk about. There's our uh, tie-in, right? We there. talked about that in the episode, one of the episodes. We mentioned that this was one of his like final. Films. It was so he came out of retirement for this movie. I had read and that, then yes. and then retired. <laughs> He's like, I'm out for just once, but then yeah. I'm back in. I, I mean, it's Tim Burton coming back. He knows him. You know, he's, he did a couple movies with him. Uh. You know, we got Christopher Walken in this movie too, <laughs> which it, which even to this day, I still watch this movie and go, "Wow, that is a weird casting." But you know what? Yes! I like it. It's it works. Like, it works. It, oh, so great. Uh, Mark Pickering, who plays Young Masmuth, I don't know if I've really seen him in anything else. Uh, Christopher Lee is in this movie. Yes. Holy crap! Uh, am I missing anybody? The 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 boy that you were just saying he was in something. Lemis. Oh yeah, uh, you said Mark he was Pickering. Yeah, I think you yeah, said the one played Young Masmuth. The newest one with um Wolverine, Snickety Snickety Snorch. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? What did you just <laughs> say? Snickety Snickety Snorch. Okay. <laughs> Fucking Berserker bar- or Berserker Barrage, man. Adamantium Rage. Oh man! But this are this, you okay tonight? Like, really? This, yeah, I'm fine. This cast is wild. This is like oh. like you see the credits for this movie, and you're just like, holy shit! This is a stacked cast, and it uh it all works. It all works. Yeah. So if you didn't know, this is a uh this movie is based on the story by Washington Irving that was written in 1820. Uh, it's a very loose adaptation of that story. It is pretty much. You know, it's the core story, but added with a bunch of uh, spiritual elements and uh, all that. And I like it. I love the original story. I read it a lot as a kid. I remember watching the Disney uh, movie that they did back. I think that movie probably came out way before I was born. Probably, I think it was the 60s or 70s when that came out. It's on Disney Plus right now. I actually watched that right before I rewatched this movie just because it's great. There's actually a reference to that movie in this one. Yep. Uh, along with Mr. Toad, because Mr. Toad and the legend of sleepy hollow were like, it was a combo. Like they, they yep. both came out at the same time. Yeah. Everybody loves Mr. Toad's wild ride. Yeah. So this store, the whole story, uh, the original story is about a school teacher who moves, in, moves to a little town in New York called sleepy hollow. And he, He's very superstitious. He's kind of a weirdo. So he moves to this small town to become the school teacher, and he encounters 
Like, all the women are infatuated with him, I guess, except for the one he wants the most, which is Katrina Van Tassel. And uh, he has to go up against uh, Brom Bones, which is his name in the original story. His name is different in the movie. Okay. Uh, which is okay. Nope. His name is Brom, Brom Van Brunt in the movie. But yeah, so it's he... Brom wants to... is in love with Katrina, and so is... Ichabod, but Ichabod wants to he just wants to marry her for the money because her dad is like, you know, he's the richest guy in town. So that's the whole thing with him. And then that's where you get the the legend itself where Ichabod is very, like I said before, he's very superstitious and Brom takes advantage of that, tells him the story of the Headless Horseman. The original story is the Headless uh, the Horseman was a Hessian uh, soldier who had his head blasted off by a cannonball. And he goes back to the place of battle to pretty much try to find his head. And Ichabod ends up running into him later. Uh, well, he get, he is uh, pranked by Brom, but then he later runs into the actual horseman, which then he Ichabod disappears, and then Brom ends up marrying Katrina, and that's the story. That's the original Washington Irving story, and you get little sprinkles of that in this one but you know what this one just works to a degree there is a small part of this movie where i'm like okay but everything else it's just it's one of to be honest it's one of my favorite tim burton movies like when it comes to tim burton it is beetlejuice is always a top for me probably the and you know the bat i always group batman 89 and batman and returns together because i feel like that's just you know it that's Tim Burton's thing. And then it's got to be Sleepy Hollow. Like I have, I've, I'm very hit and miss with Tim Burton throughout his career. I wasn't really into like Ed Wood and uh, Mars Attacks. Like I liked them, but they just weren't my thing. And, you know, his, his early stuff was where, what I appreciated the most. But like this one, I think is where was one of his like last really great movies. Cause I think he did Big Fish later which was actually one of his last like great movies. Yeah. And then he's kind of just been in the mix of doing, you know, Alice in Wonderland and uh, was it Miss Peregrine's school for peculiar children? And he did the live action Dumbo. And I mean, I'm very excited for yeah. Wednesday, what she is working on. I'm very excited for that. Anything Adams family related. Give it to me. Yeah. Cause he was supposed to be the original director for the original Adams family movies before Barry Sonnenfeld took took over. Um and and the fact we're getting Christine Ritchie back in that show, which is awesome. Which she's in this movie. And I love it because I had a big ass crush on Christina Ritchie she's all the way from beautiful. Adams Family Values is when I started, and then it just got back. This is only five years out from, yeah. from she was 19 in this movie. Johnny Depp was 36. <laughs> Big age difference. Brand on the young ones, Johnny. Um, The relationship was, it was weird because like, I guess Johnny knew uh, Christina since she was like nine years old. So like when they told us like, oh, you guys are going to be love interests. It's like, it was one of those like, oh, this is kind of weird. I've known her since she was a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But they made it work where it didn't feel too weird. Like it wasn't like, it was that, like anytime you watch like a period piece and it's, there's a love story. That's kind of how I just imagine it. It's just all the the weird, you know, 
dialogue and there's really no actual physical stuff yeah. going on. And I'm like, okay, good. It doesn't get in the way. You, I mean, you get some <laughs> weird shit in this movie, but uh, thank God it wasn't between those two. Thought it worked, but thank God we didn't get anything else. All right. We're going to talk about what we thought of this movie, and then we'll get into some facts with box office release date, all that stuff. I want to I want to know what we thought of this movie coming out of our latest viewing. We're going to start, because I have no idea who started last time. It's been a while. So we're going to start with Angela. Angela. Yeah, under the bus. Me under the bus. Yep, always. You're a Tim okay. Burton fan. You like Tim I love Burton. this movie. Oh. But I like I like a lot of his movies because he's that's my big like I don't know. That this I mean I permanently have Nightmare Before Christmas tattooed on my exactly. body. Exactly. So I mean I must love something about him. Well, I mean, love. He, he just pitched the idea. <sighs> But anyway, I, if you want to know more about, about that, check out our Nightmare Before Christmas episode we yes. did back in, during Christmas time. There we go. Yeah, <laughs> but no, I I love I love this movie. I mean, I love everything about it except for one part. But you know, that's neither here nor there for the most part. Yep, loved it. Let's Would watch if, it. Let's see if our parts are the same. The parts repeatedly that we don't like about it. I'm I'm curious as well. I don't remember. I don't know. No, we'll, we'll wait till we get to the part. No, I, know, I, I, know, wanna, just I just want to see if it's the same thing. Um. Yeah, so listen. First off. Listen, Lisa. Finish <laughs> taking your drink. I don't want to have to clean sputum off the screen. Wait, let me... Let me. You'd be like, whoa, 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 what? I want to take a spit take. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know, right? So... Will you go? I got it. No. <laughs> I know. I just want to keep... I just keep going. The more you drink, the more interesting this is going to be. like, hey, everybody. <laughs> Starts hitting on the webcam. Like, Parker, chill out. <laughs> just Looking kidding. quite good today. I'm also <laughs> blind because I just stared into my ring light. <laughs> rip. Rip. Oh, rip no. Uh, so we went into this thinking, man, could we possibly do three for three? Right? Oh, Three God. great movies on Raw. And then we had Parker here oh, fucking it up. Boy, yep. My by, fault. By making, by making us go three for three. <laughs> <laughs> I just I love this movie. I liked it back in the day. I just want to church it up like I didn't. I you know, you like, had me there for like a second, but I do re- but now I do remember talking about talking yeah. like that we wanted to do this movie and you got you were very excited about it. So yes. and I completely <laughs> forgot when you were talking shit. Or at least yeah. pretending to talk shit. <laughs> yeah. uh, I this genuinely, I, I would say this is probably my favorite Tim Burton. And I, again, I, you guys yeah. know in the other stuff we've covered, I'm not a big Tim Burton fan. I think you know he, he's just not my thing. Like I get the gothic style, but he's just not my stuff. He's, but this movie I liked. I liked this movie a lot. Uh, I liked I liked all the characters, and I didn't realize when I watched it when I was younger just how good the cast was. Of course, I've mm-hmm. seen this several times. It's uh, been a while since this most recent viewing. Uh, but no, like I don't know. I, I probably can't say anything more than these two are about to do, but I thought the writing was good. There were a few... There was some comedy sprinkled in, dark, some dark mm-hmm. humor here and there. Uh, I, I like Johnny Depp's portrayal. I, I like Johnny Depp as an actor anyway. I, 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 don't, I don't know. I just really like the movie. I don't really know of anything like I could point out I mean, everything fit well. It fit the mythos. I remember watching the, like you said, the Ichabod Crane. There was the animated one, and there was the Mr. Toad one. And, you know, I just, yeah, it's, 
It, I, I, yeah, I like the mythos. It's I, I know it's not native to North, you know, New York or even the Americas. The headless horseman mythos has existed in other cultures and other parts of the world. Yeah, whatever. This is just the most prominent one for us, I think. Unless there's yeah. another one so, that I don't know so about. So side note: so uh, Washington Irving's story is actually just taking from a story he was told as a child because mm. he actually lived. So Sleepy Hollow is a real place. It's a real town you can go to. It's actually only like two hours from where I live. Uh, over in New York. Road trip. Washington Irving lived in the town next to it called Terrytown. And he heard the story about because the, the whole story about about the Hessian soldier who lost his head by the cannon, that was actually something that was a legend in those towns before he actually wrote the story. So like mm-hmm. Brahm just retells the story he was told as a child. So yeah, there was, I mean, it's been, I think they said like early 1700s was like how far back, like at least in the, in uh, North America, the story of the, of a headless horseman. But yeah, the stories about headless, headless people walking around has been around for a long time. Yeah. Even far beyond Washington Irving uh, telling the story. What's the, what's the, I keep thinking there's a mythical creature that's like that. The Dolahan? Is that a headless horse? It's it's old. I want to say it's like Greek or it's European. I'll have to look it up. Anyway, I'll have to look it up. I don't remember. But anyway, the point is this movie has aged very well. It's a very good movie, and you should watch it if you haven't seen it. 100%. I was going to say, if you didn't say that you liked it, I was going to throw you under, <laughs> under the bus. Because when we watched it, you were all like, I love this movie. Yeah, but I was just, it was the guys, you know, I was going to get y'all hyped and just shoot you down. Like, what the fuck? You know, 180 turn. Like, don't, don't be doing that. I love this movie so much. Yeah, like I said earlier, I, it's probably one of my favorite movies. Like, it's, it's definitely one of my favorite, you know, spooky time, spooky season, um, movie to watch it just it fits the the atmosphere of it the how it's always the same fucking color there's literally no oh, yeah. sunshine in this movie it's just it's yeah. just g- gray and black the it, it the i love that the dialogue is kind of old it's like kind of that old english type thing where it's not you know the way me like we're talking right now it's it's kind of a mix between that and like Anytime you watch a period piece and they have that very old English type of dialogue, but it's kind of, mm-hmm. it's kind of, it kind of reminds me of like a play, like how some of the characters communicate with each other. Why are you laughing at me? Oh, I just, not you. I just, you're talking about old English. I know this obviously takes place in the America, uh, United States, but you're like, you know, those period pieces that they talk with that British accent. I always think of the Bobbies and all these movies all sound the same, but there's not one in this movie. So I couldn't make the joke. <laughs> I do have to say though. So Johnny Depp's, English accent, his British accent, I should say, is it's okay, and we know it gets better when he plays Jack Sparrow in the Pirates movies. And I and he did a movie, I think the year after, two years after, called From Hell, where it was a movie based in London about Jack the Ripper, uh, where he had had the British accent. Oh, we're gonna talk about. I have it on DVD over there somewhere. I put all my movies on the shelf, guys. They're not on Yay! the floor anymore. <laughs> I wish we would have been a board out of them. There's no order to them, <laughs> but they're up there now. <laughs> Get up there. No, but like uh, Christine Richie's British accent is awful in this movie. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> I think yeah. she, I mean, to be honest, I think, oh, and I think Miranda 
is Miranda Richardson British? I think she she's is actually, actually the, yeah, she is. She's, she is. she's one of the few actors from this movie that I did not recognize her. Like it did not click uh, for me. So the only thing I really know about her is that her sister was married to Liam Neeson and she died in a skiing accident. That's oh. about the amount I know about Miranda Richardson and the Richardson family. I know there's like there was like three sisters who acted. Uh, she was in The Crying Game, which I heard was a good movie. See, she was in the TV show Good Omens, which was an Amazon Amazon show. She's been she's been acting for a very long time, but I'm not. It, she was definitely somebody that I just. The only thing I really remember her from is this movie. But everybody else hmm. is British in this movie. At least that's what I think. Um, you know, Michael Gambon, uh, Casper Van Dien yeah. is in, but I don't. He doesn't even use a British accent in this movie. He's just straight up using yeah. his 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 actual voice. He, he's just coming down his P, his from his PTSD from fighting giant insects. So it's just like <laughs> Starship Troopers. What a fucking great movie. Um, Such good. But yeah, this. It, it just hits me every time. It's such a great watch from beginning to end. There's really no parts of this movie that really, that really bore me. Like I really, there's no parts where you're like, oh, okay, this could have been 10 minutes shorter or whatever. I think it flows. It's only an hour and 45 minutes. And I think it flows perfectly from the time it starts to the time it ends. Yes. Um, just great performances. I love that the fact that they turn this movie from just your typical ghost story to it's like a, it's also like a mystery too. Like it's a it's a whodunit type thing. Yeah, like it's a, it, it feels like an Agatha Christie novel. You know, like yeah, Murder like in the Orient Express or Death on the Nile, or like any of those type of stories where it's not just about a <laughs> a dead guy missing his head going around chopping dude or people's heads off, but instead it's it's also related to like, well, this is going on. This person's linked to this person, and who is why is this all happening? And it's great. It's something that didn't need to be added, but the fact that they did makes it that much better. Yeah. But overall, I love this movie. I recommend it to anybody, especially when you're looking for something that just fits the the mood for a Halloween movie to watch during October. This has to be a must watch. It, 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 it always is for me. And to be honest, it's one of those movies that I I actually like my kids were able to watch it like it's gory. But it's like classy gory. Like it's it, yeah. that's a weird thing to say, but like it's not like a slaughter fest. Like people are just getting ripped up, just getting their heads chopped off. And it's yeah. and it's and it's really stylized. Unlike some other movies, like if you were to watch Saw, you know, the, the yeah. gore and the, the effects of that, it just it hits different where this is. We're just going to watch somebody's intestines. Well, I mean, Casper gets it good, but, you know. Yeah, but it's in the distance. It's shot really well. It's kind of in the yeah, dark. It's show. Yeah, yeah. So I, I I, just like how this this movie was, you know, even though, you know, they ha- had to be rated R, a lot of blood. But it's one of those yeah. movies I feel if you have kids that you're mm-hmm. trying to get into the horror, get them into horror and you want to get them into something that's not too kid, too kid friendly, but like not saw or yeah. hostile or something too extreme. Oh, like I feel this is a great hostile. movie to show your kids. Like even though it's rated R, I'd recommend it to people with, with kids, maybe not like super young, but yeah. you know, as long as they're not, you know, too afraid of dudes, people getting their heads caught. Uh, yeah. Just, 
this movie or Friday the 13th part six. I mean, hell it worked for us. Exactly. All right. Well, let's talk about some facts here on sleepy hollow. It was released on November 19th, 1999, which is pretty fitting because it's really, it's uh, this movie comes out pretty much like 200, a little over 200 years to the date that this movie actually takes place. Because this this movie takes place, I don't know exactly the time frame, but I know it's it's the end of seventeen ninety nine, and this movie comes out at the end of nineteen ninety nine. So I thought that that fit pretty well. I like good job on you, Tim Burton. Uh, this budgeted approximately around a hundred million dollars, which is crazy high for nineteen ninety nine. In the U.S., it made its budget pretty much to the exact dollar. It was like $101 million, but overall, uh, globally, it made $206 million. For a horror movie, pretty good, uh, especially with a budget that high. Like, that's a really yeah. high budget for a horror movie. Yeah, it is. But it's Tim Burton, and you know the studio was just going to throw money at him to make oh, yeah. to make whatever he wanted. When they wrote the original script for this movie, it was supposed to be a lot gorier. Uh, Tim Burton actually had to... Uh, go through the script and kind of cut a lot of the gore out but still this movie to date is his goriest film it's just weird you, yeah he wasn't but, he's uh, if you think about tim burton though he really hasn't has he done what what's he done that's been rated r other than this because you got but, you got uh peewee's big adventure not rated r 100 beetlejuice wasn't bat no. the batmans edward scissorhands Ed Wood, maybe Ed Wood. I don't think so, but I it might have been. Uh, I, I I don't know. I think this is Ed Wood was. It was okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so he. I mean, he. Oh, was Mars Attacks rated R? It's PG thirteen. Oh, okay. So yeah, so he did. You know, that just wasn't his thing. Like he did. He liked the macabre and he liked the creepiness, but he didn't go that far. But in order to make a movie. About a dude who chops heads off, you know, it's gotta, it's gotta have some gore. But the way that he does it, like I was stating before, the way he does it is very stylized. Like the blood. It's, it's him as oh. a producer. Oh, we'll talk. Oh, she was looking at produced who, who, the executive producer of it, or uh, Francis Ford no, Coppola. Well, what what she's looking at is on here. Oh, what she was looking at the list of movies. It, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to rub you. It was um, oh. her. Him as a producer, not as a director. It came up first sorry keep going um, i apologize yeah because you're talking about r-rated stuff so yeah so it just wasn't something that he he did often but i think the way he did it here was was very well well done well which is interesting because you figure like you said because of what he does because there's i don't know it just seems odd like for what he likes he likes the gothic the scariest of it doesn't go quite that far into it usually yeah like, that's really interesting francis ford coppola was an executive producer on this movie. Yes, I saw that. Also uh, a producer of this movie and also someone who was in charge of the practical effects of this movie was Kevin Yeager, who is the man who created Chucky. He created the original Chucky doll and helped uh, create him for the first Child's Play movie. It all turns back. I think this is like two... uh, Was it when we were talking about... um, Oh, Hocus Pocus 2 was written by a guy who also helped produce child's play but like uh yeah so all the practical effects done by kevin yeager the horse gunpowder the horse yes ichabod rides 
in this uh, movie was adopted by Johnny Depp because he was told that the horse was going to be put down after filming because it was it was an older horse. Uh, I guess it was. Mm-hmm. So Johnny Depp said, no, I'll take him. And uh, yeah, that's one bottle of glue you're not getting, kids. So so since we uh, we talked about a couple people who were or who are crucial in the Star Wars universe, we have Ian McDermott, who, of course, plays mm-hmm. the emperor uh, and uh Chancellor Palpatine in the prequels. Christopher Lee was also in the prequels as Count Dooku, but we also have someone else who is in the Star Wars uh, in one of the prequels, and that is the man who was the stunt double for the Headless Horseman. Uh, he, the one who did all the stunts and the fighting, uh, Ray Park, who plays yes. <laughs> who plays Darth Maul. Uh, yeah, he's dope. Which I never knew until I looked it up after the most recent watch. That was pretty cool. We talked about how Michael Go came out of retirement to to be in this movie, which I thought was yes, was cool. So when Tim Burton was directing this, he huge fan of Hammer horror movies. Of course, yes. Christopher Lee being Dracula. Uh, Michael Go was actually big in the in the Hammer horror genre as well. I didn't realize I have to look that up. I heard yeah. about that, but so when Tim Burton pretty much made this to resemble a hammer horror movie like the way that the like the actors perform and kind of it's not like full serious like there are some kind of cheese moments here and there yeah uh but it but pretty much when burton was asked about he's like yeah i directed a hammer film not officially but like that's what his that was the feel he was trying to get out of out of this movie which is relevant for us because lately we've we've been watching because I'd never seen them. So we watched The Curse of Frankenstein, which was their first like of their like universal style monster movies. And then we watched The Mummy as well, which both of which had Christopher Lee and um, Peter Cushing. Yep. Another Star Wars actor. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But Johnny Depp actually based his performance as Ichabod Crane on Peter Cushing. Uh, okay. he, he based it on... Uh, Peter Cushing and Vincent Price's performances in those Hammer films. Yes. But also that was kind of the only characteristic that he took from the the novel version of Ichabod. Because in the book, Ichabod was always described as not being the most attractive person. And Johnny Depp, pretty attractive man, especially in 1999. So he actually went to Tim Burton and was like, hey, put some prosthetic. I'm, I'm down for some prosthetics to kind of, you know, dumb down my look. And he's like, nah, we'll just make it so that your character is you know he's got those quirks so like of course he is a a detective or an investigator he's he's investigating he's a crime scene investigator but he's not big into the gore part of it like he's very he's very off put up on on blood and stuff like that so that was a cool little touch i'm glad that they kind of they changed it all around i mean this whole story is very different from the original story and so why why not change the main character do you guys have anything you want to add before we jump into this plot? I think you more than covered it, dude. You have this down to a T. I have nothing else to add to it. We pretty much right. covered the bullet points I wanted to mention. You got them already. So you got your thing. You good? I'm good. Okay. I'm good. <laughs> so this movie. I'm still wondering if you're okay. Rated this R. movie opens up to a man signing his last will and testament. Mr. Van Garrett. Peter Van Garrett, to be exact. I like uh, I, I like this whole opening where it's showing him kind of filling out the, the the will and then he puts the the family crest and you see the windmill 
that we see later on in the movie. Oh, and it's kind of a staple yeah. to to uh, anytime you really see any imagery on like classic Sleepy Hollow, the classic Sleepy Hollow story, that windmill is always a thing. So that was cool how they connected that. Uh, and Mr. Peter Van Guerra is played by the legendary actor Martin Landau, who was previously in uh, Ed Wood. Before oh, this, he nice. played he played Bella Lugosi and Ed. Yes, I thought he was familiar. I mean, he's a legend, and he is clearly he signed this last will and testament because he there's something happening. So he is getting the fuck out. And uh, is the driver of this carriage his son, or was this just his driver? Because later on, they talk about how his son and uh, Peter Maybe. and his son died. That w- so, that would make sense because. We find out, spoiler alert, everybody, we find out that the horseman is being controlled by somebody and they're being he's being told through witchcraft who to kill. So that only makes sense that the driver of the carriage is uh, Van Garrett's son. Listen, let's not single down the suspects. We should call Brocraft to do so. I mean, we can't just say, you know. Keep your suspects open. So they ride through a cornfield. You see the first bit of Nightmare Before, well, the the first Nightmare Before Christmas callback, which is the the scarecrow with the pumpkin head. You see it again, of course, when, um, well, just, we'll just say like the imagery of him being in the carriage and you just, you just hear the whoosh by the carriage. You're like, oh shit. And then you don't see anything. You just hear the sword coming out and the, the whoosh of the head being chopped off. And then of course, Van Garrett hangs out the, the window of the carriage and sees the, the carriage mm-hmm. being driven by a headless person, uh, his son. And so he decides he's going to jump out of the carriage, which I feel is that's a, that was a huge inconsistency with this movie. What's up? Well, the, the, when Van Garrett stuck his head out and the guy didn't have a head, he had a head in the scene before. So I don't know if the editors just missed that or, <laughs> I said that to my son, and he's oh. like, yeah, this would be shit. And I was like, no, oh, dude, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was like, I'm just being an idiot. Oh, like, God. That's I'm great. sorry. But, but my thing Back was, to the was washing like, machine or I'm like, why did he get out of the carriage? Are the horses just going to run into just the trees or something? Like, the horses are going to still follow the path, regardless of who's driving. <laughs> See, I, th- I thought that, because I wondered this. Like, it's, it's, I'm assuming, like you said, the horses are just going to keep going. But I, I wondered, at a time like this, I wonder if that guy even knew how to drive a carriage. Like, if he would actually know how to drive a carriage. Like, I know the horse, I mean, it's just hypothetically, though, right? It's not like yeah. a fucking car these days. A cop ought in. You know, it's just a thought. Yeah. So he hops out of the carriage, and he wanders into the cornfield. What's the matter? Why are we laughing? <laughs> <laughs> you do you don't know what I'm talking about, right? This what do is I exactly do? The, the fucking sass, dude. I'm, telling I, I'm just getting back to the plot. <laughs> it's just how you do you want this episode cool. to be three hours? Because I don't. <laughs> okay, the dryer does. I know. He's gonna <laughs> hate. I'm gonna. I'm gonna be like, guys, we need to record this again. <laughs> I know. We can't cat this magic. I know. No good. Oh, uh, so yeah, he hops out. And he's going through the cornfield, and. He runs into the pumpkin scarecrow, which is literally the same exact one from Nightmare Before Christmas. And mm. he, and he, you, all you hear is something walking up behind him. You hear the sword come out, and then you turn, and then you see Van Gogh get his head cut off, and you see the blood splash on the pumpkin. Love that image. 
Yeah. And then uh, we venture to New York City, 1799. And the way the, that crime is handled in New York City in 1799 is barbaric. <laughs> it doesn't surprise me. Not in the slightest. So we meet Ichabod Crane. He is a constable, which is, I guess, a detective. I guess the, that's another word for detective, right? A constable. I think a constable is just a... I don't fucking know. We still have constables here! But I still true. don't what know they, like, <laughs> what they're... I thought they were like in with the police force. I thought that. I mean, like, he is, I guess, because but he also wants to investigate the the, the murders. So, yeah, I mean, clearly, it's uh, not like a common practice at this time, too. So he's. But like, I don't a know, like, angels. what they can actually do as far as like what? arresting people or anything like Constant, that. Constant, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know uh, what they do. It's not the name. It police, police things. Investigators no. investigate, and then you pay two man a tap, sacrifice, and draw a card. No, it's a magic joke. Carry on. <laughs> so Crane, so we meet Ichabod Crane. He has found a body floating in the river, and they bring that body in a wheelbarrow. And I love the dude who's just like, "Man, burn it!" And he's like, "Wait, I want to investigate it." <laughs> he's like, Ichabod, a body found in the river. It most likely died of drowning. Yes, <laughs> like, how yes. do we know that? <laughs> and then like, yes. they bring this, the two other cops, they bring in another dude, and they're just like, what do we do with him? And he's like, put him in there. And he just throw him in a fucking cage head first. Yeah, like, they, didn't, they didn't even know what happened. Like, what happened? Oh, he was... Uh, Coffer burglary. Uh, Coffer burglary. Oh, yeah. throw him in. Just right in that. Like, nobody gives a shit. That's no. what I'm talking about. It's like humor. It's like, oh, okay. Oh, it's so oh. funny. And uh, so he is brought by in front of the judge who is played by the superb Christopher Lee. And it's funny. His name is in the credits after that show up after this. And that is the only scene he's in. But his name shows up. He deserves it. He does. Dude, that's he's, a, is, that's he's, he's a legend. I, there is an episode. Uh, I'm, I'm going to plug a different podcast for a minute. There is an episode of Dead Meats podcast where they talk about Christopher Lee. And all the fucking shit this dude has done. Yeah. The people he has met in his life that are no longer around. He's been in a metal band. He's done all this yeah. crazy fucking shit. He's the coolest dude ever. He's like one of the coolest oh. guys that's ever lived. Period. Also, just speaking of dead meat, uh, where is my Sleepy Hollow kill count? Yeah, what the fuck? With the French toast. James, I know you're busy. I'm just kidding. But I do want a Sleepy Hollow kill count at some point. That would be great. Yes. We love you here. Uh, so yeah, so he is brought in front of the judge, and the judge is just like, "Listen, dude, we're sick of your shit. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna send you to this small town that some weird shits going on where people are just getting their heads chopped off, and we don't know why." So uh, yeah, that's what you're gonna be doing. He's like, "Oh, okay." I love how he says it though. He's like, "There's a, like the way he tells his very creepy story. Like, come here, Ichabod. You're gonna go to a small town called Sleepy Hollow." And then know, right? it's like, all where people's heads are just lopped off. And I'm like, gosh, really, you're fucking good. <laughs> I know he, it's like this big courtroom where all this is happening, but it suddenly becomes a very intimate conversation. Oh, between it's two so people. good. And he was probably there for like two hours tops to record the scene. And it's just like, oh, it's one of the best scenes in the movie. But he's that much of a badass. He's just <laughs> he's like, so all right, good. let's knock this shit out. <laughs> Gone too soon. Too soon. He was like 99. Too soon. Oh. He needed to live forever. 
Uh, so yeah, <laughs> well, he so he's being so because he's being sent to Sleepy Hollow, he has to pack up his stuff. He's got a cardinal in a cage. He lets the cardinal out, and then you see the the it's called a thumb and trope, which is the thing where it's got two pictures on each yeah. side, and then you twist the. I had to look that up because I didn't know what it was, didn't and that's when we get the title card as Ichabod is going. As Ichabod is uh, traveling to Sleepy Hollow, <laughs> I do like the font they used. It's kind of that classic, like if you read an old old book that's like republished, of course. <laughs> they use this font specifically. I, I'm not kidding. Like I don't want to yeah. sound crazy, but like if you shut up, Dan. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Damn it. I'm not not what I'm laughing about. You guys You're are just looking at me about like I'm a crazy person. No, no, I'm, I'm just listening. trying to figure out why he's laughing. Finish saying what you're saying. I will tell you why I'm laughing. No, I just I just like the font they used for the opening. It's a credits. nice font. It's that really nice. That basic like old. I'll just leave. Old school, you know. <laughs> oh. No, what I was gonna say is you did the title card all dramatically, and I'm just like, like, because I... my mind's crazy as fuck. I'm like, I wonder what Michael Bay's Sleepy Hollow title card would be like. It's just like <laughs> explosions, <laughs> Sleepy Hollow, Ichabod rising. <laughs> like what? <the> fuck? <laughs> what are we watching? <laughs> It would explode through the, the thing. <laughs> Will Smith You've with Ichabod Crane. Oh like, what is God. this? I love it. Ichabod Rising. What the fuck? It's just bad boys set in 1799. Uh, so, yeah. So, <laughs> Ichabod is traveling to Sleepy Hollow and Danny Elfman's brilliant score is playing. And it's so good. I mean, Danny Elfman. I, I listen. Do you know he was in a band, right? Yeah. Boingo, boingo. Oh, God. So good. I listened to like a seven minute song by them by him recently. I was like, I looked at my wife. I was like, this is uh, Jack Skellington singing right now. Is it Dead Man's Party? Yes. We were Great song. <laughs> Great song. It's a good song. It is a good song. That as man, soon as he said it, I'm like, it's in my head now. That man performed at Coachella this year shirtless and he is ripped as shit singing fucking Nightmare Before Christmas songs and Oingo Boingo songs. I was like, this man is a fucking legend, man. And He's yeah, he's just like this dude's like in his 60s and he's like on stage shirtless, like ripped, just singing songs. I was like, this is Danny Elfman, by the way. <laughs> this that is, is what we call many great scores for all your favorite movies. <laughs> that is what we call one thing I would never attend, though. That is an unfair. No, this is what we call an, Danny it on Elfman is... too many ass cheeks. Uh, I'm going to post I'm going to I'm going to post a picture of, of shirtless Danny ass Elfman. Chefs. Right here for all of you to see from his performance. Do you not Coachella. know what Coachella is? I don't know what Coachella. Is. It's oh a, my gosh! It's an insane music festival, and I the, I wouldn't go either. So I'll enjoy it on YouTube. It's so, an insane music festival where everybody has to dress dramatically. Okay. Yeah. And there's just a lot of assless chaps. Probably not. 100%. It's just no covering whatsoever. Pretty much ass chaps. Anyways. As modern day ass chaps. You just take a solo cup and you just tape it to your dick <laughs> and wear nothing else. Boom, yeah, and they let you in. As long as yeah. they don't see You're it. in! Yeah. Yep. Uh, so you also discover, like, I Ichabod looks at his hand. He's got all those weird markings on his hand. Yeah. I was like, oh, I wonder what that's from. Foreshadowing. Yeah. For the probably my least favorite part of this movie. Um, we So he then gets <laughs> dropped off at the town. He's walking through the town. And you get all you get that typical like you walk through the town, you're no one knows you, so everyone's just shutting their shutters and ooh, we don't know who this is. 
and he needs to go to scary looking no it's just oh we don't know who this is it's not like you know the man with no name rolling into town around fucking noon like oh shit that's clint eastwood let's pull away it's just going (laughs) on now i'd be like lock your doors clint eastwood's outside (laughs) i know yeah exactly even at 90 whatever he is he still hurts you He's yeah. he just rolled up in his Grand Torino, shut the doors, and we're fucked. <laughs> oh, no. Let's hope he's not as racist. Uh, <laughs> so they, so Ichabod needs to go to the Van Tassel residence and meet with the, he's pretty much the, the, the richest man in town, Baltus Van Tassel. They go, he goes into the residence, they're having a party, and that's when you meet Katrina Van Tassel, played by Christina Ricci. They're playing the Wickety Witch guess that's the name of the game but it's she's blindfolded and she spins around there's a bunch of men walking around her and then she grabs a guy and kisses him on the cheek and boy boy does brahm not like that because she kisses ichabod on the cheek how dare how dare she i'm just just, like who are you are she says a name and he's like no i'm just a stranger it's like oh well take a kiss I'm glad this is 1799 because that whole setup just sounds like the move, setup of an adult movie. <laughs> there probably is one. Um, oh, yeah. So, oh, that's, we can talk about that at the end. Yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be just a segment for every episode of the show. It's just a porn related mm-hmm. segment. Um, yep. So he meets Baltus. He meets Lady Van Tassel. Does she have a name? Or is she just Lady Van Tassel in this movie? Because I don't recall I her so. name ever being spoken. No, it's nope, Lady, Lady Van, Van Tassel. It's just Lady Van Tassel. Okay. And you meet all of the other elders of the town. You meet the Magistrate magistrate Phillips. You meet Reverend... Shit, I can't remember Steenwick? all these names. Ste- Steenwick? Yeah. You meet Notary Hardenbrook. Oh, boy. Wait a minute. Wasn't Michael Gambon the wasn't when he, he was on an episode of Top Gear and he did the segment Star in a reasonably priced car and they had their little Lancia strap Lancia some Lancia or something or Daywoo and he fucking ramped it over part of the course. This old ass man. It's fucking great. Uh, it just hit me. Michael Gambon definitely looks like the guy who would do that. He is such a <laughs> badass. Uh yeah, so you meet you meet all the elders of the town and they, you know, Ichabod explains why he's there and Lady Van is all, all about it. And then he meets alone with the elders to talk about what's going on. And he, you know, yeah. Ichabod's trying to use science, but they're like, nah, the, the reverend gives him a Bible. He's like, this is the only thing you need to read and that's when i like that's when ichabod though opens the book and he sees the family tree and he realizes like everyone in this fucking town is related to each other this isn't but that's alabama but no that's called that was called that was called virginia this this country (laughs) back in those times was the style because 1799 we were technically the united states correct uh i don't well I, I don't remember the timeline. We were not under British rule, but I don't think we were technically the United States yet. I think we were still the Confederated States in 1799. Yeah. The history buffs te- prove me wrong, please. Because it took a while, quite a few years for us to get the Bill of Rights and everybody to, yeah. you know, be together. So we get the story. 
Uh, they tell the story of the Headless Horseman because that's what they believe is going on in the town. Uh, it was a German Hessian. Well, a Hessian is a German, but a yes. Hessian soldier who uh, was over here helping fight. Because I think, well, did the British hire Hessian soldiers <clears throat> to help I them? Think so, yeah. yeah. So back in 1779, because it was 20 years before, he uh, was fighting and then he had to retreat. His horse died, got killed, so he's retreating to the woods. He runs into two little girls and one of the girls, you know, he does the shh. I don't, one of the things I don't like about this movie, why does Christopher Walken have spiky teeth? What's with his teeth? I don't know. Did, did, that the, German, teeth did the Hessians just... File their teeth to look like that. Oh, it made my. They never explain it, which is okay. But it was one of those things that I always was so, like, it didn't need to happen. Even though we know what he becomes, it's Tim Burton. Yeah, that's your explanation right there. So yeah, so the Mm -hmm. he tries to make sure the girls don't alert him. She, one of the girls, snaps a stick. They he fights as he as much as he can until he is overpowered, and they chop off his head, throw him in a grave. And then the horse just comes back. I was like, oh, so the horse just comes back to life that quickly? Or was the horse never dead in the first place? Um, Maybe it had hydrostatic shock when it got hit. It's like, ah, fuck, the energies. And then it got better instead of. (laughs) So, of course, Ichabod has told the story and he's like, nah, nah, the science. All right. (laughs) So, yeah, he doesn't believe them because he doesn't believe that a ghost is causing all of this. He believes that it's a man of blood. And so he's going to find out who did it. The next day, he is given a horse, a uh, gunpowder uh, by the, oh, the Killian. The, 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 uh, I can't remember what his first name was, but he was the, the, the Mr. Killian. And gunpowder is, he's, he's an old steed, you know, he's, he's slow. And, and you could tell that Ichabod is not much into riding horses because he's very awkward on them. And he's trying to figure everything out until someone yells that the horseman is killed again. Oh, wait, I, I skipped kind of a, I skipped a part, everybody. So it was the guy on watch. So Ichabod, when Ichabod comes into town, he sees that there is somebody going to be on in like a little watchtower thing to yeah, watch yeah. the outskirts of the town. And so we then after Ichabod has told the story, we cut to him watching. And I love I just love how everything is shot where it's like you never see the you don't see the horseman. You just hear it. So he's inside the thing aiming and you see the at first you see the deer come out of the woods and they kind of scatter and then it doesn't show anything. It just you just hear the foot, the the hoofs coming up there banging on the ground. You're just like, oh, shit. And then it cuts to him running down the road, which I was very confused. So he's on watch. On the outskirts of town, which I think the town's right behind him. Why didn't he just go into yep. town? Why is he running into the middle of the woods? Where's he going? I mean, he's running <laughs> for his life. I mean, he's just trying not to die, but it's great. You'd never see. So they they still want you to, to believe it's not supernatural. So when it shows the horseman actually riding down the road and he un you know, he takes out his sword, you never see from his shoulders up. So you never know that he ha- doesn't have a head. Yeah, and then it's, I love it where it, how he takes his sword out, he puts it out, and then he just one clean swipe, and you just see the head spin off the dude's neck. I was like, God, yep. it's so well done. Fuck, such a such a clean cut. Every kill in this movie is fucking great. So yeah, so the horseman does its thing, and then we cut to Crane getting gunpowder, and then somebody yelling, 
The horseman's killed again! And so they ride off into the woods, and this is where you get, everyone's just crowded around the body. And the body's already kind of like staged because the doctor staged him. I was like, did you move the body? Yes. You never move the body. Yeah. Why? Because. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> I love that. I just love how scared the doctor is like, why? <laughs> he's, he's just he's working on the rules for the craft. All oh, right. He's so working. Funny. So, yeah, he's got to investigate why. So you find out this is Jonathan Masmuth and you, you realize like the head's not there. And also that's explained when he's told the story of the horseman. The fact that like none of the heads were ever found. It was just the bodies. So the head's gone. Yeah. And he's got to investigate. He And he's kind of stating a lot of obvious facts that all the guys are like, yeah, we know. We're telling you. Like, yeah, we yeah. know what's going on here. Because he talks about the fact that it's the whatever has cut the people's heads off is like hottest. Like, it's super hot. Yeah, yeah. Because it's, it's, it's a clean cut and it like it pretty much cauterizes it. Yeah, there's like no blood. Yep. And... Yeah, then we cut to the funeral, and that's when you meet young Masmuth. I don't think he had a first name, did he? He was just young Masmuth throughout the movie. Let's find out. Yeah. Yep. And he wants to help Crane figure it out since he his mother's dead, his dad's dead. He's all by himself, so why not try to help? The magistrate, Phillips, he comes up to Crane and tells him about the fact that there are actually five victims of the horseman, but only four graves. And so Crane's like, huh, I have to dig up all these bodies to figure out what, you know, what that means. So of course yep. it's, it's Masmuth. It's the two uh, Van Garretts, the widow Winship, which you, yep. you find more about her out about her later. Who's the fifth body? Oh no. The, and then you find out later uh, what all that means. Yeah. I'm like, did he? Could he not have figured that out? I figured it in, out as in soon his as he head, said right? it. Hey, it's uh. So there's uh all all males and one female <laughs> try to figure that out without having to yep. dig up all the bodies. <laughs> so we find out that the widow Winship is pregnant. I I love the scene where he's using that like weird little. <laughs> little, got, like, little he's going into the little cut. You can clearly tell it's like was that cut already there in her he's, stomach. I think the swordsman. Yeah, he said that she got stabbed in the stomach. Oh, well, she was beheaded as well as stabbed in the stomach. Okay, I miss when they stated that. So yeah, so they find out that she's pregnant. I love he comes out just covered in blood. I love the blood that squirts on his goggles when he's yeah. cutting yeah. the door. And the blood is so red, and I love it. Very red. A, actually, when they shot it, it's actually orange. But is the filter yeah, right? The filter but the fil was... it's all this entire movie is filmed with a blue filter. So it, it brings out the, the, the colors. So yeah, so you find out she's pregnant and <laughs> just like, I love all the guys outside are just like, obviously, because they all know because shit, some weird shit's going on in this town. So we get the classic, this is our, this is our callback to the original story where Crane is kind of riding around at night on gunpowder, rides across the covered bridge. And when he gets to the other side, he hears a horse in the distance. He turns around, and that's when he sees uh, a headless horseman come from the other side of the uh, the bridge. 
we also get a little our little uh, toad cameo type thing because you can actually yeah. hear the frogs croaking. They're actually saying Ichabod. Ooh. And so, yeah, he sees the horseman and he, of course, is terrified because that's how the original story goes. And he rides away. The horseman chases him and it gets to the point where he turns. And then I love the, the shot where it turns, it jumps up and throws the pumpkin that's on fire and it smokes him in the face. Yeah, dude, <laughs> nails him. And uh, so the horseman then rides off and then you find out it was Brom dressed up and and it's funny thing is it's like anytime they would do any live action sleepy hollow stories this is exactly how they would do the headless horseman it was always an actor and they had like a piece that would go up to then have the neck part a little higher up and it always looked goofy as hell yeah, yeah, yeah in this course. movie it was great because you had the technology to just put a blue like a blue <laughs> fate or head uh shield on to then just see just wipe it out yep yep so, and Ichabod can hear that it was Brom. Like, he can hear them talking in the distance, so he knows that he was pranked. And, yeah, Brom's just a dick. And this is when we get the the, the parts of this movie that it just did not like were the flashback scenes to his childhood. I just didn't see it to be necessary for this movie. I don't know what you guys thought of this. He... Has a flashback of a very busty. Every fucking woman in this movie is just busting out of their dresses. Like, then things are like, whoa. And the mom, and Nickabod's mom is the worst one. <laughs> Those things are like, whoa. It's like, wrong move, and here you go. It, it's, free show. dude, listen. It's just, it's the, it's the corsets. They're killing them with corsets, and like, the muffins got nowhere to go but pop out the top. It's like a busted can. Like, I mean, if it were to slip, I wouldn't object, but. <laughs> needs to be careful capital uh, mockers man especially in that time especially in that time you know can't be exposing yourself like that that's barely flashing ankle <laughs> right but you can so, show off your boobies so she is doing some very witchy things She's doing some witchy things, and uh, that's when you see, that's when Ichabod is introduced to the thermotrope, or whatever the hell that thing's called, the the thing we were talking about yeah. earlier. Yeah. He, wake, he wakes up, and Katrina talks about, uh, talks to Crane about her mom, and that her stepmom, this is a, another weird fucking fact, her stepmom was her mom's nurse. <laughs> like, okay, they're Baltus. Yeah. Whore. So Sleepy Hollow, and also the fact that like Ichabod was like, so yeah, pretty much everyone here is related. All right, he's like, yeah, it's a small town. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, it, 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 the whole thing starts out. He walks in on her, and she's reading a book, but she hides it, and you later find out it's a book about witchcraft because he she doesn't want him to find out that she practices witchcraft my brother is also my uncle <laughs> oh lord so crane and katrina they ride to her old school i guess it's her old, old school, house but also her, well, it was our house but also she was taught i was confused at first but then i realized it was her old house and she shows him the the mark of the archer in the back of the fireplace and he gives her the cardinal thing 
the thermotrop. this bird. Oh, I'm sorry, what? And she gives him a book. And he's like, thanks. I'm going to put it in my pocket for safe keepings. And so I don't die later in this movie. Plot device. Yeah. So this is when Crane is riding through town and he sees that there's some some stuff going on in one of the buildings between all the elders and the magistrate leaves in a hurry and crane ends up meeting him in the middle of a fucking field on a hill. Yeah. It's like, where are you going? <laughs> it's got to be a secret. And he's talking, you know, he's talking to the magistrate about, you know, the fact that the widow was pregnant and who's the father. And he's like, I swore to secrecy. Um, so, but then you hear noises in the distance. You hear the, there's always lightning that strikes before the horseman shows up every time in this movie. So you hear the really? cracking of the light, the thunder and lightning. And then out of the, the fog comes the horseman. I love the magistrate trying to just run up the hill and he is yeah. large, larger man. So it's not working out well for him. Yeah. And it, it, you know, it whooshes by, Crane slices Philip's head off and it rolls in between Crane's legs and it turns around and then just kebabs it and rides back into the woods and Mm. Crane passes out. Mm. Johnny Depp's very good at passing out in this movie. He does it a lot. He faints a lot. lot Of course, he wakes up and he, of course, Baltus and Katrina and I think Lady Fantastical might have been there as well, but he's going off about the fact that the horseman is real. Like he's seen it, and they're like, "Yeah, we know. We told you. Like this is why we. This is why you're here. We he's told. Like, no, no. I seen it. I yeah, I, it. I love that scene. I saw. It. Like yes, yes. We explained this to you. Like they're like it's horseman. so good. It was a horseman, and it had it didn't have a head. <laughs> it's like yes, we know. <laughs> it's, it's a great scene. I like it's. It. It's so good. So. We then get to another flashback before he this is before he wakes up and does the whole that he has another flashback about his mom. She is accused of being a witch. She you know, you see the creepy imagery of the, the priest outside or whatever the hell this dude was. And he's like, mm. and then he's like dragging her to somewhere and you're like, oh, no, what's going to happen to her? To be honest, I didn't care because this all of this just I didn't care. Like this was one of the parts yes. of this movie where I was like, I just don't I just don't care about any of this part. I just want it's, the shit that's happened in Sleepy Hollow. Why yes. does this help in any way? Does any of this help him? No. I don't Probably think it not. does. But if somebody wants to tell me different, please let me know. So Crane is determined to find the horseman's grave with the help of young Mazimuth. Uh, he tells uh, Crane about the the night the Van Garretts died. Pretty much the fact that... So his dad was there to watch the signing of the will. So was the son. And then now they're all dead. So yep. it's kind of like, is there a connection? As they're searching for the grave, they go to the witch. Because they run yep. into Katrina after they, they run into the witch. So they go to the witch's cave. And they ask about the horseman and where it rests and she brings crane to like another room and then she straps herself in and then turns into a monster and tells him everything. I love this makeup. I love the way she looks. Yeah. It's creepy mm-hmm. as fuck. And I love also the, the 
the voice that's used for it as well. And I just love how she just like passes out though. Like she tells her thing, and there's like, Bleh. I was like, does she die? Like, yeah, right. I remember watching this like a long time ago, but like, does she does she die? But then you find out that she dies a different way later on. <laughs> it's it's so funny. So yeah, she tells him with a horseman. It's uh, I can't remember exactly what she says, but it's at the it's at the base of the tree, the the tree of the dead. I think that's what that tree was called. Yeah. Yeah, because they're all like, how will we know what it looks like? We'll know. You'll know. Oh, you'll know. Like, okay. So this is when they want to run into Katrina and they have kind of a you look like they look like they're about to kiss. And then Mazmuth was like, Hey guys, sorry to cock block here, but you might want to see this. And they're like, All right. Way probably to go, been, dude. Probably would have been weird anyways. So they find the tree of the dead and it bleeds. Bleeds a lot. Yes. I'd love to see where he's hacking into it with the axe and it's just blood just spraying all over his face. And they're back oh, there yeah. just like, yeah, you're good. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> you're doing a great he's job. All, he's all like. Yeah, and he's like pulling the sound when he's pulling the bark off. It's like, yeah. it's, it's like, uh-huh. it's not what bark sounds like when you rip it off. No, no. And as soon as he pulls one off, all the heads, they, they fall down. Like, you know, uh, you know, when you're playing a, one of those, you put a quarter in the thing and it, it dispenses something. And like after a while, it like all like falls back into place again. That's yeah. what this looked like. Yeah. All the heads just yeah. like, all right, central. <laughs> we got to be the center yeah. shot. <laughs> and the, think and, just comes. Good. Oh, I just want to say that one of the heads in the front is young Matt's dad's head. <laughs> like that was oh, one geez. of the, I was like, oh no. And he just seems like. Well, this is terrifying. And that's my dad. Just imagine like the headless horseman just putting in just like punching these fucking heads up into this tree. Like, go up there, damn it. Like you could feed him like, from the top. He's like, no, this no. is the only way. It's it's those those um the dispensers where it only it only comes out one way and like you have to have like a key or whatever to get to the top. So you like push it up and then push push whatever. Oh yeah. It's like a hopper kind of Yeah. Like but I know what you're saying. Just gonna like push them up and then yeah, you know, just fit this here. I love the design of the tree of the dead. It looks oh, like yeah, it looks cool. like a monster. It kind of resembles like you think about it. it kind of resembles like the sandworm, like the way that the sandworm looks, because uh, it's got yeah. the 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 very narrow snout and it's got the tongue in the middle, which I thought was a, always always a really cool design. So yeah, they find the heads. They find out that this is kind of a portal for the horsemen between. I guess hell is where he resides until he's called upon. Just Detroit. Yeah, they find the sword. <laughs> Just Detroit. Poor Detroit. <laughs> We're sorry, Detroit. We don't mean to talk shit about you. I'm not talking shit about you. He is. Yep. <laughs> We're never going to get dead meat on here. You know they're from there, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> they're never going to come I on mean- our show if we keep talking shit about Detroit. It was really cool. They used to make badass fucking cars there, but you know, whatever. <laughs> so they find the grave. Crane digs it up and the head's gone. And he's like, well, this could be a, the problem. And as all that's happening, you hear a commotion in the tree and then you see the horseman emerge from it. And I was like, this is such a cool fucking shot. Yeah. yeah. And it's one of those things where he emerges in it. Like if you're seeing this for the first time, you're like, oh shit, he's going to attack them. Right. And he doesn't. He just, he goes off. And you're like, oh, okay. So this is this is weird. So 
I guess he will. He's killing people until he his head is returned to him. The horseman attack. This is where. So the horseman is going to the Killian's house. So the guy who gave Crane gunpowder. And this is probably the saddest part of this movie. Like this part, literally, yeah. this sucks. Like this is one of the worst kills or whole. The whole thing just sucks. It's a really cool scene though, where he the horseman emerges. Into, like it busts through the, the door and it splits it right down the middle yeah and you get the, the fight between the horseman and, and, and Mr. Killian and it doesn't go well for him he gets his head lopped off the mother puts the child under the floor and she just kind of cowers in the corner until her head comes off and it, like this kid is so little and you hear, of course, you never, you don't see her head get chopped off, but you just hear the, the head hit the floor and roll, and the eyes just stare down at him as he's down there. And I'm like, oh, my God. And then yeah. you're like, okay, please don't kill the kid. The horse is such a fucking great scene. He's walking away. He's, you know, he's got the two heads. He's walking out, and then the kid just makes a slight noise, and it just turns around, and then it just starts hacking into the floor with his axe, and he pulls the kid out. You don't you don't see the kid get his head uh, beheaded, but he does because the the horseman stuffs the heads into the bag, and uh, it's, it's it's a it's a very tragic scene, but it's so well done, like just it just makes you feel so many things. Yeah, this no, it was, it was it was a good scene. It was well done. Yeah, but I just Bro- ruined it in my mind. Oh. I don't want to know, to be honest. <laughs> I just thought of um, it's the sound of them boots. They're squeaking underneath the floorboards. <laughs> Fucking SpongeBob. God damn. SpongeBob reference. Always. So Brahm hears the screams and he goes down and he shoots the horseman off his horse. And that's when you get the fight between Brahm, the horseman, and then Ichabod shows up and he tries to help. He grabs like a giant scythe off the wall and stabs into the back of the horseman. All over the horseman's just trying to like, what the fuck? <laughs> How do I yeah, get I this know, out right? of me? <laughs> just trying to do my job, man. What the hell are you yeah. guys doing? And 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 Crane is trying to tell Brom, like, he doesn't want you. Like he doesn't want to kill you. That's why it's trying to he's just trying to leave. Because he he completed his mission and now he's just going back. And Brom's yeah. like, no, I'm protecting the town. I'm gonna kill this thing. And I guess at some point the horseman just gets <laughs> sick of their shit and just attacks them because yeah. they finally like after the, the he sticks the scythe into the back of the horseman. They both like wander across the bridge because the horseman actually throws a knife into Brahm's leg, which is funny because it's the same exact spot. He was attacked in soup, um, uh, Starship Troopers. Troopers. Yeah, like one of the one of the alien bugs stabs him in that same spot in the leg. That's it's ironic. Pretty funny. So yeah, he um, the horseman. I guess is just sick of their shit because they get to the other side of the bridge, and it's great because they don't see him, but you could just hear the footsteps on top of the bridge, and then it just drops behind him, and then that's when they get into a fight, and Brom ends up getting split in half, and Crane just passes out again. I'm like, damn man, he gets stabbed. Crane gets stabbed in the yeah, shoulder. Yeah, he gets stabbed in the shoulder. Yeah. yeah, and it doesn't do anything. It barely, like, because they talk about it the next day. It's like, oh, it barely left anything. He didn't even bleed. Which yeah, you'll find out it sh- why. Yes, yeah, it said that it should have killed him. Yeah. It said the wound like this should have killed him, yeah. Yeah. 
So we see Katrina. She's practicing witchcraft. She's doing some. She's creating some brew in her big cauldron downstairs. We get another flashback because we needed another one of this. And this is where you find out how Crane got his punctured hands, which again, did not need, didn't care to know why. And uh, his mom was putting an Iron Maiden, which is horrifying. And you get the scene where he opens it up and it's just her body with a, a pool of blood just pouring all over him. And then he wakes up. And you find out that the person who killed her was his own father. You're like, Oh, I don't, I don't understand why we needed this <laughs> again. The flashbacks were unnecessary. We didn't need them. Trying to give some kind of character development, but I agree. I think it's I, been left out of the movie. And it I think changed the it. reason they put it in there is the fact of like, he's being helped by witchcraft and his mom. And, and he knows how that is because his mom was also a witch. Yeah. It still didn't make sense because it didn't add to anything. <laughs> yeah, it's just like I you agree. could have you could have had the whole thing where Katrina was a witch or practi- yeah. practicing witchcraft, and it would have made sense because it makes sense yeah. to to cut it all out. This movie, and it wouldn't have mattered if you cut every scene of that out of this movie. I don't think it would have mattered. Yeah. So Crane tries to connect the dots, and pretty much is like, I feel this all leads back to Baltus Fantassel. There's got he's got to be at first he believes he's the one controlling the horseman because he knows that someone is controlling the horseman. Someone has the horseman's head and that is how he is being controlled. This is when Crane and Ma- uh, young Masmuth visit Harden, uh, Hardenbrook and to find the Van Garrett's will. And I love it. He's just hiding in his clock. <laughs> just opens up a yeah. cabinet or something. He's like, oh, why are you here? You find out that uh, the eldest Van Garrett so Martin Landau's character uh, married the window, widow Winship. I guess got her pregnant. Weird as fuck. Uh, someone is, contro- you figure out someone is controlling the horseman, telling the horseman to kill anyone who would pretty much inherit the Van Garrett's fortune or knows anything about it. But they don't know who. They think it is because so the Van Garrett the Van Garretts were kind of like the 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 number ones in the town. They were the richest people in town. So if the Van Garretts died, I, so Baltus now has that fortune because he was the next in line in that family. So that's why Crane believes. But it's like why? But also it's like oh, so they killed the Van Garretts, but they're also taking out everyone else who knows about that, about yeah. everything with the widow and his will and stuff like that. So, and Baltus is also making it suspicious because he keeps telling Crane, he's like, I think you're good to go. I don't think you need to be here anymore. And he's like, I didn't solve anything. I want to know why, why this is all happening. And you find out that Katrina had used a protection spell on Crane, but he doesn't know it's a protection spell because he doesn't he notice it like, until he thinks it's like bad. Thinks, <laughs> yeah. Evil seal or something. Yeah. So, this is when Crane notices a cloaked figure outside. He follows in into the woods. He finds out that Lady Van Tassel likes to get kinky in the woods. Yep. Don't know who the man is, but it's not her husband. Because I don't look like Michael Gammon's head. No. But it's weird because she's uh, cutting her hand and she's smearing blood all over the dude. And you're like, this is some weird shit. I'd be out of there. Yeah. I don't know where that's going. 
Katrina ends up stealing the evidence against her father and burns it at her old house. And this is where they kind of, her and Ichabod kind of have a falling out. She's like, I never want, it was kind of a way of just being like, I don't want to see you again. And she leaves. And he's like, well, okay. And of For course, you too. yeah. And of course, Ichabod goes back to the house. He runs into Lady Van Tassel and she's just like, I know you saw me, weirdo. Why didn't you stay for more? And I was like, ah, because you were using blood and shit. And I was, no, I'm not it. That's a kink I'm not into. She's like, all right. <laughs> but don't tell my husband. He's like, I'm good. <laughs> so, yeah, she also tells him that Hardenbrook died, that he killed himself. Killed yeah. Himself, uh, in his study or whatever. We then go to the next scene where everybody's going to meet at the church because they need to figure shit out. And Lady Van Tassel's just gardening in the dark. She's gardening in the stormy day. And you're like, what? Okay. Yeah, she was getting something for her hand. Right. She cut her hand open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, because, yeah, because she earlier, she literally asked Crane, like, you never (laughs) asked me about my hand. And he's like, oh, sorry. (laughs) What did you do? I I mean, I know what you did in your hand. I watched you do it to yourself. Fucking attention hog. Jesus, why don't you go open an OnlyFans? Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Carry on. No offense people do that. Just a joke. So he... So yeah, the whole town's meeting at the church. She's getting some stuff in the garden. Baltus walks by to say, hey, we gotta go. And the horseman walks up and it looks like it's gonna kill her. And you don't see anything. You you just see everyone gathering to the church and Baltus coming. Like, oh! Oh, Katrina! The horseman, he killed your stepmother. We gotta go. And that's when the horseman gallops his way down to the church, but he can't cross. <clears throat> he can't cross sacred land. Yep. And uh, he, the elders turn on each other. They talk, you know, the fact that the doctor confesses the fact that, like, he confesses something and the fucking. The the Reverend just smokes him with a giant wooden cross, which I guess right, right in the which I guess Ian McDermott actually got hit on accident and actually had to be really? sent to the hospital during filming. Really? Yeah. He got thunked good. Yeah, he got he got thunked and then he and then of course he shoots the Reverend as he gets hit. And then of course everyone is turning on Baltus because they all think that he is the one behind it all. And this is when the horseman comes up with a smart plane. He's like, I can't cross, but I'm going to come up with a cool little contraption. And he breaks off a post, ties a rope to it, and fucking throws a perfect shot right through the fucking chest of Baltus Van Tassel. And I just love his, uh, and then he just fucking gets yoinked out the window. I was like, yeah. this scene rocks, man. See, he gets I pulled. Thought was- oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Oh, so I thought it was cool because he, he throws his axe in and it dissolves like on, on the whole yes, ground. Yes, yes, yes. And he has to actually take a fence post of the church to do this. I was like, all it's right. So, it's so good. Clever. And he pulls him far enough so that his head is on the outside of the fence and that's when he chops it off. Yep. It's it's funny because Michael Gambon, he actually asked if he could have his severed head so that he could bring it to parties and stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. <laughs> oh, yeah. If I was in a, if I was in a movie where my if I was like you're gonna be decapitated, I'd be like, I'm keeping that. Oh, and hey, I would have uh, it displayed back there. You just see my severed head. If I remember correctly, the guy who played uh, Vic in Friday the Thirteenth Part Eight that got his head punched off, he kept his head. I mean, I would wanna. Was that the one on, on the, the roof? 
Yeah, he gets his head punched the only, off. The yeah. only good part of that fucking terrible movie. Yeah, absolutely. Apparently, he kept his head, his prop head. That's so cool. I, like, I, told, I would 100% do that. 100%. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, he, uh, he, he's, he's gone. And then, and then this is the time where Katrina passes out. And Ichabod notices that there's another mark on the floor of the church. And this is when it gets into Ichabod's, cran- or Ichabod's head. It's like, okay, I think Katrina is the one that's behind this. It wasn't Baltus because Baltus wouldn't have been killed by the horseman if it was him. Yep. So he, because it was because he believes it was Katrina, he's like, I'm out of here. I don't want to be any part of this anymore. So he leaves. And as he's passing the like operating house, like where the, he did the operation before on to find out the widow was pregnant, he notices Lady Van Tassel's arm hanging out of the coffin and the mark on her hand looks funky. So he's like, all right, maybe that's just nothing. And then it kind of, and then that's when he takes the book out and he's looking at it and he finds out that the mark that Katrina had put on the floor was actually a protection spell. So he's like, well, it can't be her then. So he has to go back to the, the house with the, with the bodies he investigates the bodies and discovers that it's it's not Lady Van Tassel's hand. Yeah. And it's not her body. So, go ahead. I was going to say, because he realizes that there's no clotting. So the yeah. cut was made after the victim was dead. Yep. So, this is when Lady Van Tassel emerges. She shows up after Katrina wakes up. And Crane is riding through the town frantically trying to find Katrina because he knows who it is. Uh, Lady Van Tassel, she takes Katrina to the windmill and tells her everything. She pretty much tells her that she is the one who's been controlling the horsemen, that her family were the archers. So that was their house. And it was taken by the Van Garretts to then be given to the Van Tassels. And their family was kind of just I, I guess put in the put out on the street and they had a shitty life. So she created a plan to pretty much take it, take it all back. And she killed her sister because her sister helped Ichabod. <laughs> she, just love yep. she just chops her head off. She just comes out. She's like, Hey, what's up everybody? <laughs> yep. Whack. Yeah. I like how she said, yeah, my sister, she died very recently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah and pretty much she just tells the whole story about the fact that she pretty much murdered Katrina's mom she pretty much poisoned her to eliminate her so that she could weasel her way into the family and then all she needed to do was because she and you also find out she was one of the little girls that got the Hessian caught to then get his head cut off and so she yeah. vowed servitude to the devil even though in reality witches don't serve the devil if you look up I literally just found this out my wife had to tell me that because I we were talking about hocus pocus and the fact that the Sanderson sisters see the guy dressed up as the devil it's like master in reality Wiccans don't serve the devil weird fact, but here it is facts so but yeah she, so she pretty much you know she's a witch and she steals the head of the horseman because she knows that if she does that she can control him. And so she takes advantage of that and send anyone who would know or get in her way of inheriting the fortune. She eliminates with the horseman. 
it's a it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a fucking dump right here at the end. We were like, oh my God. Even though kind of a little bit of me, even back then, like when I was watching this as like a teenager, even before that, because I watched this movie when I was really young. I feel you always kind of had a hint that she was the one behind it. Just the way she always acted. She always acted sketchy. Every time. Well, doesn't she like to get the horseman like target people? Doesn't she need like something of theirs? Because she takes a piece of Katrina's hair. Probably. But she's not mentioned in the movie. But the town's so small, like it's probably so easy to get to get anything from from these people. That's true. It's a lot better than a laser pointer used to for (laughs) big dinosaurs to go after people. "Ah, Get them, dinosaur! (laughs) God! I didn't know we were going to be making a Jurassic World reference in this episode. But I didn't think so either, but it just popped in my head. <laughs> Watch our three-hour episode on Jurassic World Dominion. You'll have a great Nobody, time. Yeah, you'll hear a lot more about laser pointers. We had a great guest on that show. Yes. <laughs> we did. We did. Very good. Oh, Jurassic man. World. So, yeah, so Katrina's the only one left in order for her to inherit the fortune. But Ichabod comes in. He formulates, he pretty much formulates a plan to burn the horseman in the windmill. So like he draws, he goes up to the top of it. He kind of ends up setting the whole thing ablaze. But I love the line where he comes and he's like, do you think he's dead? He's like, that's the problem. He was already dead. Yeah. (laughs) He just busts out the front door of the windmill after it collapsed. Like a fucking boss. If you could do those sunglasses, <laughs> it's like, where do they go? He doesn't have a head. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> That's right. We'll, we'll just stop him at some point. Looks about right. It's like yeah. the Invisible Man. We get the epic chase through the woods between the. They're driving the carriage, and then of course the horseman on his horse. I love when Ichabod's on top of the carriage and he gets hit by the tree branch and he falls to the back of the horse and he's like, "Yep." Oh. <laughs> And you get the cool fight between the horseman and Ichabod, and I just, it's great. I just love the the one shot where he peeks over the, the carriage, and the horseman's not on his horse, even though you just saw him on his horse, and yeah, then he yeah. just comes up the back and crawls up. Really cool. And it gets to a point where Ichabod tells them to, to jump on the horses that are pulling the carriage and ride away. And he ends up to, to crash the carriage with the horseman on top as as Ichabod is being dragged behind the horses, which Johnny Depp actually did. Yep, he wore a bulletproof vest to kind of protect himself. Uh, but he actually got dragged, which was pretty cool. So the horseman gets tossed into the woods. I always found it comical when he was like in his body. He's like, oh, yep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> And then the How carriage, can he see? Yeah, and then the carriage falls on top of him, which is cool, and then he kind of emerges yeah. from that. It's, it's all well done. Uh, oh, I love that Crane rides the dead horse at one point. Like, he actually jumps on the yeah. horseman's horse and, like, rides it. Lady Van Tassel is, you know, she she's being that evil person. She's thinking her plan is all going to go well. She's got Katrina to, to give to the horseman as he epically just walks it. He's not he's not running. He's not hopping on his horse. He's just fucking casually walking down the path. We're not sure. To get to Katrina. And oh, we're we're at the tree of the dead again. So he's he doesn't have to go far after he's done. He just kills Katrina and he's just like, "All right, my house right here. Can you guys get the fuck out?" <laughs> and he Ichabod shows up and he sees the head 
is in the bag. So he goes to get it and he gets into a tussle with Lady Van Tassel until young Mazmuth hits her over the head with a giant fucking log. <laughs> Just knocks Fire her the fuck out. <laughs> Some free real estate. <laughs> oh Lord. The I love this this scene does make me laugh. It is very comical where it's always that scene where it's like, oh, what's gonna happen? It's very slow. He raises the sword and he's like, horseman, your head, and then just tosses it, and, he, and the horseman just catches it <laughs> so, so casually. <sighs> oh, this fucking this this scene with him regrowing his head is so great, but it's also hilarious because there's a part where like you know he's in pain because it's growing back, but then there's one scene where he dips down, he comes back, and it's like a fucking cartoon. It's like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like it's like it's kind of reminds me of like I feel like that's a shout out to Beetlejuice. Yeah. Like just that one shot. Oh, it's so great. And of course he comes back as Christopher Walken. And he does, not, he does not say a word in this movie. He has no lines of dialogue. It's all grunting. He just which is hilarious. Up. I think it's it was more the fact is like I think it would have taken me out if he actually said anything. <laughs> and he's supposed to be German, so what are you even speaking? Like, no, nah, I just yeah. Christopher, just don't say it, please. It's, yeah, just uh, yeah. Don't speak. So he gets his head back and he is going to go back to hell, I guess, wherever the hell he resides. And he's going to take Lady Van Tassel with him. And before he does, though, he gives her a beautiful kiss. And by that, I think he rips her fucking tongue out. It's great. That's fair. I just love when she wakes up on his lap and she's just like, oh, fuck. Oh, Fuck. <laughs> yeah. You're ugly. And then Christopher, and then Christopher walks and hits her with the sexy eyes. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> you like these baby blues and these spiky teeth? That's <laughs> right. And yeah, and then they jump. I love it. They jump into the tree. It's very bloody. And then her arm just hangs out. And they're just like, yeah, we got to get the fuck out of this place. This town yeah. sucks. Let's get out of here. So yeah, they go back to New York City. And... Katrina's dress is an homage to Beetlejuice. It's the same pattern as Beetlejuice's suit. Yes. Another callback, which I, I appreciate it. And uh, it's it's a new century. I'm like, oh, just in time for a new century. And it is the it is 1800 New York City. And he talks about it, what was the line? He's like, the Bronx are up and something is down. I guess that's lines from New York, New York. Oh, is it? Yeah, I, I didn't know that. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I, I could, I could, I could get that. That is Sleepy Hollow. God damn, that movie's so good, and I'm so happy we such, finally got to talk about it. Such good, such good, such good. Uh, I really would love a 4K release of this movie. I don't think it has one. At least I haven't seen one. I know it does have a Blu-ray release, which I might snag at some point because I'd like. I mean, I own this on uh, digital in 1080, but I also have this awesome DVD that I bought like from 2000, so a year after it came out. Great. But I need a 4K release, as, along with Phantoms. We need yes. our 4Ks. Please. Yes. Do we have any final thoughts on Sleepy Hollow before we get into our final thoughts of just the entire show as a whole? Do you want to share with the class what you're laughing about? So I was trying to think, what would be the porn name oh, for boy. Sleepy Hollow? 
So I had to wait, 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 I, wait, I, wait, wait, wait. We gotta have a we have we have to have a theme song for this. Poor names with Dan. All right, that's right. There you go. There you go. I'm down with that. That's fine. <laughs> so I, I couldn't think of one. I was like, it's like what hopping on the Hessian, you know, bareback with the Hessian, whatever. I couldn't think of like anything with Sleepy Hollow. Anything sleeping in the Hollow? Huh? Nothing. I said floppy hollow. Floppy hollow. Okay. Um, I, I couldn't think of anything, so I had to Google it. I was like, is there a porn parody of Sleepy Hollow? Like, I'm just like looking through, and it's just like Sleepy Hollow porn parody, all this stuff. <laughs> it's the name emerged at like X amount of results oh. down. It was Sloppy Hollow. <laughs> so I was like, thank you, Internet. Uh, not, not a specifically great name, but kudos i gotta remember oh, i gotta Jesus. make a note to like remember a porn name for every movie we you, do every right? movie we do we're gonna have the segment at the end called porn names with dan please you gotta make a note of that because i can't i gotta remember i, I don't think we did in our last one well before we move on to our we final tried. i can't remember before we move on to our final to our you know end of show ramblings uh we do we did ask twitter excuse me the beer is coming up now uh <laughs> Our th- our, your thoughts on Sleepy Hollow, and we got, it, it, I posted it three hours before we started recording this, and we got quite a few responses, and I th- want to thank everyone who responded, because it, it is I love this part of the show. So, our first comment is from Rudy5453, uh, my good friend Chris. Uh, he grew, he says, I grew up close to where this story is rooted in Kinderhook, New York. Uh, my first introduction to the character was through the Disney short, and this movie was very Burton-esque and drastic departure from that. As a suspense movie, it's okay. I prefer the old version or even the TV show. Okay, I can appreciate it. You know, I can appreciate if you don't find this as enjoyable as I do. I, but, I mean, it's definitely cool to to kind of be familiar with that story, especially if you've lived, I mean, I, growing up in in uh, near near where it's rooted that's really cool i know we've had this con- we've had this conversation before chris uh, about about this movie uh the next one is from the an american werewolf in new jersey it says that one yeah that was one of, that was one of my shows uh halloween picks last year a solid selection fuck yeah thank, you. thank you very much yes our buddy darren from nostalgia cast commented Woo! A gothic stylish throwback to the Hammer films of the 70s. A fun homage to Disney's Legend of Sleepy Hollow with added gore. It's fun, great fun for seven-eighths of its runtime until it's revealed via overlong dialoguing that it's really a 70s conspiracy thriller at heart. You know what? I appreciate that's what they did. And I appreciate your comment, Darren. Thank you so much. Make sure to check out, like I said, make sure to check out our Jurassic World Dominion episode. Three hours of us talking Jurassic World Dominion with Darren from Nostalgia Cast, and also make sure to check out his show because he just released a new episode on Rounders. Fucking great movie. It's one of my I favorite can't, movies. Can't wait to listen. Oreos. Always remember the fucking Oreos. And Snogan Pierogies. Our next comment and- is from Cinema Trip Reviews. Always really enjoyed this one and feel like it should be talked about more when it comes to some of Burton's best because it is Burton's one yes. of Burton's best. So... I, and I, to be honest, every, I've seen a lot of people, and our next comment actually relates to the fact that I've seen a lot of podcasts actually are covering this movie 
where I haven't really heard a lot of people talk about. I know Dead Meat's done a podcast on Sleepy Hollow, which I haven't listened to, but uh, and I will very soon. But the fact of like I'm seeing a lot of podcasts I listen to that are coming out with uh, episodes about this movie, and I'm like, fuck yeah, more people need to talk about this movie because it's fucking great. Yep. Uh, the next comment was from Wheel of Horror Podcast, who says, uh, Hops Geek Booze, I guess uh, Hops Geek Booze went on to the Wheel of Horror Podcast to cover this movie, which will probably be out the same day as ours. So you get two <laughs> two podcasts covering Sleepy Hollow uh, this Friday. So go check, make sure to go check out Wheel of Horror Podcast yes. uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, they run an amazing show, and their episodes are about 30, 30 minutes long, so... You know, you can, it's not like ours that are like three hours long. <laughs> That's fair. That's they get fair. to the point. No, but he said, kidding. Great movie. <laughs> Thank you for commenting. And our last one is from Diabolical Evil Schemes Done Better or di- at Diabolical Pod. It says, one of Burton's best tight storytelling and stellar ensemble, all giving pitch perfect performances. Why was that a tongue twister? Thank you, Diabolical, <laughs> for that comment. Wow. All right. Well, that was that was fun, guys. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So <sighs> next week for episodes 76 of the podcast, we're going to have another guest. And I'm Woo! very excited about this one uh, from one of my from one of my most listened to podcasts uh, that I, you know, that I enjoy. We're going to have Dustin from the Baron's Hideout podcast on the show to talk about a little movie called. Oh, shit. House of the Devil. Jeez, I almost forgot the name <laughs> yes, of the movie. Yes, the House of the, the Devil, uh, which oh, is an early Ty West movie. Uh, Ty West, if you know, is the one who's behind X and Pearl that came out this year. Two huge movies in the horror genre. So I'm very excited to talk about to finally die. Like, I don't think I've seen a single Ty West movie. So this is going to be my first well, time. And I've heard great things about this movie. I know it's on Shudder. So if you have Shudder. Uh, you can watch this, or it's on Amazon. I think for like twenty bucks on Blu-ray. Um, Probably will. Yeah, I'm very excited to have Dustin on the show. He's uh, the fact that he's able to get come on our show is very exciting because he's a very busy person. He's he's pumping out content like crazy. I thought I was putting out a lot of stuff. This man puts out a lot. So, so it's gonna be like a it's gonna be like a ten minute video then. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. I just get it. I just get it. And uh, yeah, and just make sure if you haven't. When this comes out, we're going to have, we've already released, uh, I did a review on Smile with Boomer from Podcast in the Woods. And then Thursday, so yesterday, you get three video, another three episode week, because yesterday I talked about Chucky at season two, episode two. And then you get this, a lot of dissect that film coming at you. And we haven't talked about it yet, but I'm hoping we can plan something. We can get you guys a live show at the end of this month, um, because... You guys seem to love it. It, it. The last one we did has some really good numbers on our on the digital or on the audio side. So, hey, you want them? We're gonna do them this time. Though we're gonna be doing it on YouTube instead of Twitch. So if you aren't subbed to our YouTube channel, make sure to go do that because it's free and you can watch our live show. And I don't have to edit that show, which is great. Yes, I could just do it perfect. and then put it on there. You Unless Dan says something really bad, then I have to delete it. No, I'm yeah. still gonna. Re- I'll probably record <laughs> it anyways. Also, I have to figure out how to connect or how to set all that streaming stuff up through YouTube because I, I got. It's not though. too bad. I remember. I, I don't remember it being too difficult. Nah, it should be fine. I've streamed on YouTube before. 
other than that, you guys have anything you guys want to talk about before we uh, hop out of here? Uh, I don't think so off the top of my head. No, I'm just excited for what we're doing next. I've never seen this House of the Devil or what have you. Yeah, I'm not familiar cool. with it. It's gonna be a lot of fun having having another guest on. I'm trying to get some some more guests on. Like uh, we like I said, I I did a review with Boomer from Podcast in the Woods earlier this week. We're actually gonna have him back on the show very very soon to talk about a a, a movie that we've talked about a sequel to on this show, but okay. not this one. Interesting. So very very in, uh, excited to get and hopefully you know we want to bring people that have been on the show back and we want to bring on new people. You know, there's a lot of podcasts out there I listen to and I want to bring a, uh, you know, variety of people on. It's a lot of work. We're going to get it done. We're going to get you guys all the content we can muster out. I got some ideas for a future Patreon. Like the Patreon might be coming sooner than you think. Uh, as soon as I can figure out how to get, um, like I was talking about in last week's Chucky episode, we're actually, I, I, I really want to do a commentary track on all the, Chucky episodes from season one since season while season two is going. I just have to figure out how the fuck to get that onto my computer so that we can all do that. <laughs> Fair enough. Damn it. Why didn't you give me a digital code, man? Whatever. Mm-hmm. All right. Before be I go on too much of a rambling, make sure to follow dissect that film on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, or just go down to our link tree, click the link and it'll bring you to wherever you need to. All of the podcast services we're on our YouTube channel, all that fun stuff. DNA Gaming, all their links are going to be down in the description. Down here, along with yep. my personal links, which I don't do much with, but they're there anyways. <sighs> this was a lot of fun, guys. It was good then. I'm sad it's over. Go watch Sleepy Hollow. Yes. Again. Two thumbs up. It gives our thumbs Dissect away. That Film seal of approval. Watch this movie. And thank you to everybody who commented, everybody who listens to the show. We love yes. you all. We'll see you all next time. I am Brett Parker. That is Dan Angel of DNA Gaming. We are Dissected Film, and this has been the Dissected Film Podcast, episode 75. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye, Parker.